Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. We're, we're, we're exclusive on the production. Your experience just got serious. Stephen A, bro. You wrong on this one. I want to first state that Steve Nash has no coaching experience. But if you talk about um, an outlier, uh, an individual that is just special on so many levels, it is Steve Nash. Steve Nash has never coached on any level. Anybody with his resume who happened to be black would never have had this opportunity. Why is it that no matter what we do and how hard we work and how we go through the process and the terrain of everything, somehow, some way, there's another excuse to ignore that criteria, to ignore those credentials, and instead bypass it and make an exception to the rule for someone other than us. And if anybody deserves this opportunity, absent the experience that obviously he has as a coach, it is him. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around this. This is white privilege. You're listening to Got 'em Coach, the show that brings sneakerheads and ball players together. Now, here's your host with over 200 pairs of sneakers, Tyrone Smith. Yo. I ain't gonna lie, man. This one of them episodes that honestly I don't want to do, but I feel like I'm obligated to do it. Right now, man, this country's temperature is at an all-time high. And what I mean by that, man, it's so much tension and so much anger between all people involved more so the african-american community who feels like we're getting we're not getting the fair shake of things which i totally agree i feel we don't get the fair shake of things at all and it's getting to a point where it's the black lives matter versus the all lives matter it's african-americans versus the police is wondering and, and being afraid to be pulled over by officers because you don't know what their true objective and their agenda is when they pull you over. It's the racial profiling, it's the racial discrimination, it's all of these negative things that we have to face right now. And when we decide that we want to speak up, we're tired of being scapegoats. We're tired of speaking in, in silence and, and, and not using platforms or our voice to voice our opinions and do other things to have other people understand where we're coming from in certain things. Now it's a negative thing. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. All Lives Matter. 
But like I stated in my previous episode In my open letter man I asked the question Does all lives matter When you got a 17 year old boy Who shoots up a protest Who is allowed to go home And not be physically assaulted Or killed by police And you compare that to Somebody selling loose cigarettes or a counterfeit 20 and you get your knee you get a knee put in your back of your neck for eight minutes and you die how much do our lives really matter i talked about privileges and i feel like people are really truly exposing the fact that they're privileged and what i what i mean by privilege is when everything goes your way you have nothing to say See, it's okay when 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 people getting shot and killed that ain't your family or your friends. You know what I mean? It's okay when nobody speaks up or says nothing about it. It's okay when major influential people don't use their platform to address the things that are really going on in this country. It's okay, but the minute those things change. Now you have a problem with it. Now is I don't want this or that or this or that to be in my everyday life. But this is where we at, man. And, and, and it's, it's sad that we have to come to this, but this is where we at. And it shouldn't have to be like this. We should be able to communicate better. And unfortunately, that's not the that's not the case right now, man. Everybody has their own agenda. And when you have your own agenda. You have outrage, you have outroars, you have upcries, you have all of these different things. So honestly, I didn't want to have to do this episode. I really didn't, but it is what it is, man. So welcome to episode 11 of Got em Coach. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive. Hustle Bandit, Sneaker Bandit, Four Point Island, Lock em Up, Wrong, Daytona 360, Alive and in the Flesh, man. I'm here. And before I get into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, man, I wanted to touch on this Breonna Taylor situation, man, because the decision was finally made. And I want to actually say this before I go into what I wanted to do. I just wanted to say the moment that y'all knew that they was going to put a state, of the, a state of emergency out in Louisville. That was the moment that we should have known that it was going to be some BS. Today, the city of Louisville, Kentucky, said it will pay its largest settlement ever in a police misconduct case. Why was it okay to run up in somebody's residence, fire over 20 shots into their home, with eight of those shots hitting a 26-year-old emergency medical technician? If we simply act on emotion or outrage, there is no justice. Mob justice is not justice. Justice sought by violence is not justice. Why do you have to bring up her boyfriend's life? It just becomes revenge. Does that justify 20 shots? Our reaction to the truth today says what kind of society we want to be. Answers only to the facts. Being shot eight times? Do we really want the truth, or do we want a truth that fits our narrative? 
officers that murdered Breonna Taylor. One of the police officers connected in the senseless shooting of Breonna Taylor was charged with wanton endangerment, basically recklessly firing shots in the neighborhood or something like that. I think that's how it go. I'm not pretty, not exactly sure, but anyway, any however you want to slice it, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. It's simply ridiculous, bro. The moment that you knew it was gonna be a twelve million dollar settlement, that shouldn't have been the moment that that told you that this was gonna be, this wasn't gonna end well. This wasn't gonna end the way that people wanted it to end. And yes, I mean, if you want to look at a bright side, if there is a bright side, somebody being charged, but I'm pretty sure they're gonna be for the rest of their life. I don't know what the the penalty is for wanton endangerment or whatever you want to call it it is it, crazy to me but money is the root of all evil 12 million dollars is basically hush money to me you paid this family 12 million dollars for them to basically shut up we not giving we not we not charging these police officers because they were justified in their actions so what we gonna do we gonna go ahead we gonna give you 12 million dollars and they're probably not even going to see the whole 12 because they got a lawyer. So, you know, the lawyer going to get a good chunk of that. But we want we we want this to go away. So we will pay you. We'll pay you this large amount of money because we know that at the end of it all, we really don't care. We're just going to make sure that we, 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 we try to cover our ground and we, we want to cover it financially. I've never been so upset to being a United States citizen than what I am right now. I've never been so afraid of my every step than what I am right now. I've never been so alert when I go places than what I am right now. I've never been so cool, calm, and collected because I don't know who I'm running into, what type of temperature they're on, what type of time they're on, and, and, and I want to avoid any type of altercation that I possibly can because of the tensions that are going on right now. This was make this what makes my situation so beautiful is the fact that I can get on here and I can talk and speak my mind. And let people judge me the way they want to judge me. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say what I feel. And let me urge the people, do not make this more violent than what it already is. Because it's already violent enough. I want to encourage people, man. That I understand that people are angry. Hell, I'm angry. <laughs> just even talking about it. Just, just just listening to the whole thing and, and the money and the state of emergency that was put out the day before they made the announcement like I, I knew it was about to be something crazy i knew it was going to be something to this magnitude but physical violence or violence towards p 
people that you don't like isn't gonna make this situation any better it's gonna make it worse let me say that again violence towards people that you don't like or you don't have an agreement with is not going to make this situation any better it's only going to make it worse don't let your emotions get you into trouble that you can't get yourself out of i hear people saying well we're gonna loot this we're gonna tear down this do this do that what is that doing keep it a buck with you what is that doing if y'all really want change man do it peacefully but i know it's not gonna be people who want to do it peacefully bro i I already know don't nobody want to be peaceful no more it's a lot of anger it's a lot of animosity that's why it is important for you to vote man if it ain't never been important it's important if you didn't vote in 2016 because you didn't like the candidates your lack of a voice you see where that where that's gotten us right i've never been in such a a racially congested america bro never and it's so funny because it seems like when that when 45 got named president people we really knew who people were we knew who people really were and some of the the people that you thought were your good friends may not be the best of your may not be the best of friends and unfortunately that's what it's going to be always no matter who we bring in as president but at the end of the day to bring some type of unity to bring some type of closure to this open wound that we do have man you got to get out there and you got to vote i understand the protests and all that don't don't go don't go tearing these businesses up man that ain't gonna do nothing because what's gonna happen you're gonna tear that business up they got insurance on it they're gonna they're gonna be insured for everything they're gonna get everything back and and, and just charge the consumer more if you really want to make change man peaceful protest and vote and that's just what it is man rest in power to brianna taylor she definitely didn't deserve what she got prayers to the taylor family they definitely didn't deserve the disrespect that the city of Louisville gave them. We, we got to continue. We got to continue to use our platforms, man. Whether if people want to listen or not, you got to continue to use whatever platform that you have to stress change. Because that's the only way change is going to happen is if you continue to stress it. And if people don't want to listen, man, that's fine. Eventually, they're going to listen. Sooner or later, they're going to listen. They might not want to listen now, but sooner or later, they're going to listen. They're going to have to listen. If we continue to use our platforms to continue to talk change and injustice and and really get people to really understand us, they're going to listen. I'm listening in over 100 different parts of the world. You don't think this episode is going to call for the exact same thing? Please please and i already said it i don't care what negative comments come my way i don't that don't matter to me no more it doesn't matter to me because i i I feel i have to speak up i gotta speak up for the for the little man because i'm the little man right now i gotta speak up for the little man we gotta do better we gotta do better we gotta be better man and that's just what that is 
So now that I got that out the way, man, I want to kind of segue into this comment that was made by the great Stephen A. Smith about Steve Nash becoming the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. First things first, I want to send my congratulations to Steve Nash for becoming the the new head man in Brooklyn. This guy has paid his dues for a long time. He was a part of that famed 1996 NBA uh, draft class with Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, among others. Two-time MVP, multiple-time assist leader, multiple-time All-NBA uh, teamer, 50-40-90 club. I mean, the man, two-time NBA champion as a consultant with the Golden State Warriors. So the man overall, professionally, has made a career for himself that is unmatched. No matter how you want to put it, it's it's definitely unmatched. The reason why we're talking about this today is, first of all, because, yeah, it's a little, I wouldn't say it's different because over history, we, we've known for coaches to be hired with no type of experience whatsoever. So this isn't something that is like out of the norm. The reason why this is a main topic of discussion in this episode is because of the fact uh, we're talking about privilege white privilege according to what Stephen A. Smith said white privilege let me first but let me first start off by saying that I absolutely I agree with him I, I've, I've been talking about privilege I've been talking about privileges for a minute now it is it is privilege in sports but you know what it's, it's privilege in in, in, in in the nursing field is privilege in the manufacturing field is privilege in the in the hospitality field is privilege in the fast food field it's privilege everywhere and it's not just on the other side you got black people with privilege you got all different type of race races of people that are privileged so let's not make it the fact that oh it's just this it's just white thing because that's not the case because we're all privileged somehow some way we all get it good somehow some way we all have a connection that's going to put us in a position to where other people have to grind and scratch and claw their way to get in that same position yes there's absolutely privilege in all aspects of of, of professional careers but also let me let me say this in in regards to sports because i feel like this has to be said professional sports whether it's baseball football hockey soccer lacrosse badminton however you want to put it professional sports is a copycat industry and what i mean by copycat industries man is you have situations where you will have you you will hire an unconventional it will be an unconventional hiring for example in the nfl uh sean mcveigh the head coach of the Rams who was hired in a couple years ago. People looked at that and said a young coach can't come in and and and, and tame a, a football team and get them to win. And St. Louis made the Super I mean not St. Louis, uh LA made the Super Bowl the year that he was hired in. Steve Kirk, another example, a guy who had no type of coaching experience but was under the tutelage of Greg Popovich and Phil Jackson. 
people wondered if he can make the transition over into a head coach people actually used his career resume his his in that not maybe not so much his nba championships but the his career point average over his career and said oh he's not gonna be able to be a good coach but he was able to redefine and revolutionize the golden state warriors to where they won three championships and it could be in a running for a fourth championship as all of their pieces are going to come back healthy next season and when people look at that man they want to follow the same type of criteria what did new york and what did new york do they hired Derek fisher did it work out absolutely not so for every success story there are definitely failures but in professional sports it is a copycat league it's a copycat profession the minute something works everybody gonna want to do the exact same thing and this is what i see with brooklyn man i see brooklyn wanting to follow the same footsteps of what golden state did and I also want to kind of come at Stephen A and in, 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 in question his his logic and thinking that the minute that they decided not to retain Jacques Vaughn as the head coach, who was African-American, that they immediately went and they immediately went to Steve Nash. I'm pretty sure that they went through the process. I'm pretty sure that they interviewed Vaughn to become the permanent head coach of the team and maybe felt at that particular time that his style because you gotta remember kd and kyrie was not there when jock vaughn was the interim head coach they didn't play no games for jock vaughn and it was just a bunch of players put together to fill out a roster to go ahead and play in this bubble to play in the playoff series and to do what they had to do now don't get me wrong they played well under vaughn they went five and three i want to say five and three in the bubble surprised a lot of people because a lot of people felt they weren't gonna win at uh, no more than maybe two games in the bowl that's at least how i felt with all of the people who decided to opt out and not play inside the bowl or who just decided not to come back due to injury so they played well but you gotta remember that these are two strong-minded guys and you gotta you gotta think that these are two strong-minded guys that are coming back maybe it was a situation where they felt that Vaughn wasn't the right head guy to lead that particular team, this this new team that's gonna be coming back this season into battle. And let's not let's not let's not look at the fact that I'm pretty sure that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant had a major, a major say so in Steve Nash being hired in as the as the coach of the of the Nets. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they they came to them and asked them what they felt about Steve Nash being the coach. And I'm pretty sure that they gave their blessing to Steve Nash to become their head coach. Steve Nash has a relationship with Kevin Durant. Steve Nash has a relationship with Kyrie Irving. So let's not make it. And, and this is what I mean. This is I think this is what we're going to be at. 
where we're gonna all we're gonna use the the temperature that we're on right now we're gonna use our anger and, and everything like that we're gonna apply that to everything but we gotta understand that things still do move the way that they're supposed to move i do want to say though that i feel there are some coaches that are overdue long overdue for a chance to be the head guy for an nba team i look at mark jackson for an example mark jackson he uh he changed the culture in golden state he probably would still be in golden state if he would if he didn't have controversial um stances or if he didn't go behind assistant coaches undermining them or if he didn't have an ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ledge affair with a stripper that made the, that will make an organization look bad or will cause protest or, or just bad press or bad negativity around an organization. But then again, you have to look at the fact that He's employed by ESPN, and I'm sure that they looked at those exact same things, and they still find him worthy enough to be on the on the commentary team. So I don't think that's a major thing. There's there's some openness where he can possibly go when you look at the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't think that I don't think that'll really be a good fit. Indiana, he played for Indiana. Maybe that he can go back there. Maybe that'd be a good fit for him. You got Houston. You got Philly. So there's openings where there are some veteran present. There is some veteran presence there where he can possibly come in and lead them guys and, and take them to the next level. I think he'd be a good fit in Indiana. Most definitely. I think he'd be a good fit in Indiana. Like I said, he played there. Uh, he has the he has the popularity within the city. He he wants to prove himself. He had he'll have a nice strong team with Oladipo and TJ Warren and Sabonis and Miles Turner. Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, there, there's pieces there. I think he can go there, and I think he could be solid. Now I'm pretty sure Indiana sees that, and they're gonna go through their due diligences and 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 weed out the 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 weak from the strong candidates. But I think I definitely think he's a strong candidate, and I think he could he'll be a good fit in Indiana. Sam Cassell, he's been an assistant coach since 2009, 2008. John Wall credits him for uh, making him into a better point guard. He's under that Doc Rivers tree, that Flip Saunders tree, that Randy Whitman tree. Even though I don't think that's that's something we would want to be uh, happy about being under a Randy Whitman tree. But he's un- he's under that tree. He's been learning for many many years. Now this is going to be one of those situations like a Patrick Ewing, where you're an assistant coach forever and you don't get that opportunity to prove yourself in the NBA. But then you have to go to the college route to actually get a job and actually showcase your skills. So when I look at those two particular guys, I think there's there's potential there for more African-American coaches to be hired. There's only five African-American coaches now. You got to think about it. Three of them were fired. Doc Rivers, Dwayne Casey, Lloyd Pierce, Monty Williams, J.B. Bickerstaff. Those are guys that are still head coaches in this league. 
Alvin Gentry was fired. Nate McMillan was fired. Dave Fisdale was fired. In a league where the 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 ratio of African Americans to others is high, I think the league is probably like seventy, high seventy, maybe eighty percent African American. When you look at it, you see only five black coaches, one president, one black president of operations, one black owner. You look at it and you say, well, where's where's the where's the consistency? Well, you got 80 percent of the the league is African-Americans. Your marquee superstars are African-American. So, like, let's not make it to be like it's just this whole nother diff- whole nother thing because it's not even on that type of time man and i think people need to look at the fact that it's some it is some good, good coaches like teron luke jason kidd two african-american coaches do you think that they look at them and probably say that they won't be good fits like teron luke for an example he's a he's an nba champion but he's also an nba champion with lebron Kyrie, and Caleb. You gotta wonder if they look at they look at Teron Lue and they say, is he a good coach or is he a system of what LeBron is? Jury's still out on that because when LeBron left, he lost six games and he left. Is he is he a good enough coach to possibly get an opportunity? Remains to be seen. Jason Kidd had his squabbles, and people probably look at him and say, well, he had Giannis. He had an up and coming Giannis. Is Jason Kidd a good player developmental guy? Or is he an average coach? Because he was average in the time that he was the head coach. And then when he was in Brooklyn, when he was in Milwaukee. Is the headache of a Jason Kidd enough to bring into situations where these teams are younger and they would probably would not like so much of a headache? So these are things that people have to look at, man. Just because right now we're 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 getting our voice across, we shouldn't get into a situation where we're trying to make it to where everything has to go our way. Because at the end of the day, it's not gonna be that. It's not gonna be that. These are these are people who have million who have millions of dollars in contracts and all that other different stuff, and they're gonna do what's best for them. And they're gonna do what's best. They're going to do what they feel is best for them to keep their job. They're going to do what's best for them to bring championships to their to their city, to their team. And that's just what it is. The thing that got me, though, was he said that anybody with the resume of Steve Nash, if they were black, they wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. I'm just keep it. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I don't really think that he really thought about what he was trying to prove. I just think that he looked at the fact that we are in we we're in a battle right now, and because we're in this battle, he personally feels that everything should go our way, and that's just not the case. So when I hear the 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 the, the comment about anybody with his resume if they were black they wouldn't have gotten this opportunity i went ahead and i did some research hell yeah and i want to bring to you at least five coaches who have the same or a better resume than steve nash who had gotten an opportunity to be a head coach in this league 
first of all, I just mentioned Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd didn't have no coaching experience when he was hired by the Brooklyn Nets. Isaiah Thomas was a two-time NBA champion and one of the 50 greatest players of all time. And he got a head coaching experience. He got his head coaching job in Indiana in 2000 with no coaching experience. Elgin Baylor was a was an 11-time All-Star, a 10-time All-NBA first team selection, one of the 50 greatest players in history. Who got his head coach, who got a head coaching job with the New Orleans Jazz at the time with no coaching experience. Magic Johnson, NBA MVP, Finals MVP, one of the greatest point guards to ever play this game, revolutionized the point guard position at six foot nine. Was the head coach of the LA Lakers only for 16 games, but he was the coach of the LA Lakers with no coaching experience. Bill Russell was the greatest winner of all time. And guess what? He was the head coach of the Boston Celtics with no coaching experience. Bob Lanier, head coach, no coaching experience. Willis Reed, one of the all-time great New York Nick Knickerbockers. Guess what? He was a head coach with no coaching experience. But we gotta stop using race as an excuse for everything. And like I said, I understand that the, the temperature we on, but we gotta stop using race as an excuse for everything. We have to stop using race as an excuse for everything. It's not what you want it to be. Let that man be great and give it, give himself an opportunity to just showcase his talents. And I'm done, man. I'm done. I holla at y'all. Entering your body. Take time to get yourself back together and tune in for a brand new episode soon.